0: It's time, time, once again, for another thrilling episode of Markout Mark Out Radio. Of Markout Out Radio. For the next hour, sit back, pull the stick out of your ass, and enjoy. Be warned, though. Smarks and internet know-it-alls will be offended, annoyed, and generally pissed off at what's about to happen to your ear holes. You've been warned. Now, Mark Out Radio. welcome to the show you freaking animals Marco already goes nitro episode 55 for september the 30th 1996 out of the csu convocation center in cleveland ohio hosted by Tony savani tony shivani good grief larry zabisco eric bischoff mike Tenay, and bobby the brain heenan i'm being very 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 generous with the Eric Bischoff hosted this week, because let's be honest, that's just a bunch of nonsense. I would like to put it over, but it's just, <laughs> it was fucking garbage. Anyways, this is the 16th week in a row for Nitro to win the Waitings War. Yes, we are still doing that bit. No, it does not deserve a tada. Uh, with a 3.3 to Roz, 2.3 in the ratings, they had a $52,000 gate tonight with 4,318 in attendance, Though so we're not really sure how many people paid to actually be there. Tony's shot out of a cannon yet again and uh, has lost enough weight that the camera has zoomed out a little bit. Larry quips that Cleveland is the mistake on the lake. Tony recaps last week's NWO shenanigans. Bischoff interrupts the intro to recount the NWO's deal last week and how they smacked him around a bit. But now that they're not here anymore, he's got some things to say. They're cowards. <sighs> All right? Cool, Eric. Super cool. Who wrote that fucking shit? They should get fucking shit canned before the end of the broadcast. Anyways, Eric goes off on a tirade about a WCW history, co-opting the NWA's history, and acting as though WCW predates their TBS contract from 1988. Don't be wrong. I'm a WCW mark all the way, but the company's history doesn't date back to 1905. The NWO at the time, and now, never really stopped existing. Yes, the NWA lent their brand to WCW when it first started, but that uh, WCW world title is not the NWA title, Uh, in much the same way as the NWA lent their cred to TNA, where, um, you know. Jeff Jarrett wore the actual NWA title for quite a few years before they devised their own title and breaking ties with the brand. After this last week, do you really want to equate Impact History with Luthez? I mean, honestly, after this week of TV? Anyways, his only mistake apparently in the last five years, not six years. Jesus, he can't even be honest cutting a promo into one of those look how serious I am eyes. Anyways... Uh, his only mistake in the last five years was hiring Hogan. <laughs> was it a mistake? I don't know. Listen, it wasn't the first time a company brought in a huge draw to lift themselves up. But mistake? I don't know. I guess in kayfabe it makes sense. It definitely was a mistake for TNA to hire him. But WCW at the time, they kind of needed the Hogan bump to get over their southern company persona. Uh, of course, then they just kept hiring old wrestlers well past their prime and hamstring themselves. But, you know... I I I don't want to get too far into spoilers. Eric's going to give the whole NWO the benefit of the doubt. I I'm so the what? What I it at what point has the NWO earned a benefit of the doubt? I mean, listen, you guys just threw Sting under the bus, but the NWO? Wow! I mean, they're they deserve a second chance. I Jesus fucking Christ! And, I mean, it feels a lot like watching Looney Tunes back in the day and WCW is drawing the line in the sand. And don't cross this line. Okay, don't cross this line. And don't cross this line. And don't cross this line. And don't cross this line. I mean, honestly, I understand that uh, Bischoff's got to do one of these fucking promos in the wake of everything that's been going on with the NWO and everything. I just feel like it could have been written a lot better than this. I mean, a lot better than this. Even WWE writers nowadays could write better shit than this. Anyways, let's get into the fucking show, because this promo was so self-serving and annoying. I almost fast-forwarded through it, but I kind of just wanted to hear what was going on so that I could comment on it a little bit during the show. But yeah, it's just... I mean, Jesus, fuck. Anyways. Anyways. All right, first match of the night is WCW World Tag Team title match. The Public Enemy, Johnny Grunge, and Rocco Rock defeat El Tecnico and Juventud Guerrero. Two minutes, six seconds. Jesus. One and a half out of five. Billy Kidman here is dressed up as El Face in a red onesie and generic luchador mask number one. Tony quips that El Tecnico is a technical wrestler. But then clearly today started having an aneurysm in his fucking ear, so he amended it to fan-favorite uh yeah technico's our faces so that was smooth like butter tony couldn't figure out why public enemy would be given the straps but then tony clarified everything they're gonna defend against all halloween havoc oh now it makes sense so either harlem heat didn't want to lay down for the outsiders or possibly that eric and kevin didn't want to bury the heat so public enemy will now job to the outsiders i um i just uh no no, that does not. That absolutely does not. A tada. Uh, I don't think anyone told Rocco, though. He looks really proud of having that fucking title belt. Uh, the Hogan cosplayer is back on the hard cam and he's updated his look. That does deserve a Windows. Tada. I miss that guy. Billy jobs in his onesie and then eats a back flop through the public enemy table that they always bring down with him to ringside to wrap this whole fucking clusterfuck up. Going into break, Malenko cuts a Mr. Serious promo. And after break, Hacksaw Hawks the fucking WCW t-shirt chewing on it, which I thought was interesting. Today, he did a locker room promo after this with an overly modulated microphone with Benoit and uh, Mongo. And, of course, <clears throat> Debra cutting another promo. I mean, I at this point, I kind of feel bad for Benoit getting tied in with this fucking bimbo. I, he does cut a decent, like, old-school... Heel tough guy promo after this, but I mean I just feel bad that it always seems to dump to him after the fucking bimbo has to say, Do you see this Super Bowl ring? Every fucking time. It's just oh yeah, I get it. Okay, Mongo's got a Super Bowl ring. Congratulations, Lations. He was in the league for 15 years and has a Super Bowl ring. All right. Can we move on now? He's now a horseman, which is supposed to mean more. But whatever. There's an NWO promo after this. Nick Hogan, pre-homicide Nick Hogan. Hall wants to know if Nick likes race cars. Well, yes. Now that you ask, he does like going fast. Recklessly so. The WCW apparently now footing the bill for all NWO promos that are going to be cut. Um, and Nash thinks that Deborah wants him. That, to be fair, Nash thinks that everyone wants him. I mean, if you ever watch the shoot interviews, Nash thinks that guys want him too. Uh, like, Guys that aren't even like Alex Wright, like the twink. Guys that are like he <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna cover him later on tonight, but Hugh Morris, Bill DeMott. Kevin Nash swore up and down in three separate shoot interviews that Bill DeMott wanted him. I'm just gonna let that hang out there all naked and gross. All right, the match after this is Alex Wright defeating Dean Malenko in 5 minutes, 17 seconds. I gave that one a 3 out of 5. Tony tells us why Malenko has Ray's mask, uh, because he comes down to ringside holding Ray's mask. He's not wearing the vest that's too small for him, though, anymore. Uh, Malenko is working his way up the roster to challenge for the Cruiserweight title. That's about to go slightly awry. Um, Wright's right ankle is hurt. He limped down to the ring. Uh, When he did his stupid little jump over the top rope, he landed with his left leg. Uh, And he would have a lot of problems putting any weight on it during the match itself. Uh, But apparently Malenko, being the man of a thousand holds and a technical wrestler, didn't really notice this because he went after the left leg the entire match. Which was, I mean, Malenko's a talented enough wrestler that he could have worked the obviously injured ankle that everyone could see was hurt without actually making it worse. Anyways, Wright gets a three count, even though his arm prevented Malenko's shoulders from being on the mat. So, of course, let's see that again in the Power Pin of the Week slow-mo recap. I mean, at least they used the right angle for the replay, and you didn't see how bad the fucking shitty count was. Yes, I know. It was a shitty raft tube, whatever. Replay of Savage going berserk on Saturday night while Liz watches with concern from the... uh, Entrance portal, I guess. Anyways, gotta love Sullivan booking. She spends 18 months driving him crazy by spending his money with the horsemen, and now she's concerned about his mental health. I mean. <sighs> zero point zero. After this, we get a Tanae ramp promo with savage. Well, not not exactly. Savage stiffed him on showing up because apparently later on we'll find out why. I'm not quite sure how that works since Liz was able to make it to the hotel for the final scene, whereas Savage was missing all night long. So maybe, well, maybe he just didn't know where they were staying. Anyways, we go to break and uh, Eddie cuts a pre-recorded promo for his Powers match. Apparently (laughs) Powers has it in the biceps, but not in the head. I don't know. I mean, listen, it's a good promo. Is it accurate? Uh, Judging how far Powers went, probably. Anyways, after this, we get a prolonged Savage Slim Jim Halloween Havoc promo, where Savage admits to liking yellow and red, which I thought was odd. Anyways, you can win a single cab red 96 Dodge Ram and tickets to Halloween Havoc. Flair crashes the party briefly with a couple of hot broads and then leaves to, um, well, in his words, enter a real contest. I assume... Something to do with Space Mountain. Eddie Guerrero defeats Jim Powers after this with Teddy Long in 6 minutes, 27 seconds. I gave that one 3.5 out of 5. Tony tells us that Guerrero will face DDP at Halloween Havoc, so finally getting that payback from all those weeks and weeks of beating the shit out of Chavo. Matt Gafari is back again, and Nick Patrick has a neck brace on, and everyone popped when we watched the Savage, savage recap of uh, him throttling him. Anyways... The NWO nerds start walking around the arena with their fucking picket signs and more Nick Patrick shenanigans end this match. This gimmick is not getting old at all. But guess what? Now Tony's putting it over. Oh my god! NWO promo. The Nasty Boys arrive to the NWO's hotel room just as the food gets rolled into the room. No direction here, really. Just a bunch of trolling. Today has a locker room promo with Anderson, woman, and Liz, who uh, woman breaks kayfabe, or sorry, Liz breaks kayfabe, calling woman Nancy. Whoops. Hugh Morris then after this defeats Brad Armstrong in four minutes, 15 seconds. I gave that one two out of five. It was a nice traditional wrestling match, but got zero crowd reaction until Morris did his two moonsaults from opposite corners to finish the thing off. Backstage is an Anderson woman, Liz, vignette of them arguing as we go into break. Back from break, uh, with hour two in full force, um, Eric professionally leaves his announced position, inviting Tony to go ahead and take over. For now, Tanhei and Heenan are going to wing it. Arn Anderson with woman defeats Chris Jericho after that in five minutes, 35 seconds. That one I gave four out of five. Jericho is in new ring gear, gets crowd reaction almost immediately. Arn not wearing any new ring gear with woman also gets a crowd reaction almost immediately. Now I say that because it's in stark contrast to Hugh Morris, who, by the way, the WWE had as a trainer for God knows how fucking long on and off the books, but you know, it's cool. Obviously he's super amazing at his job, So he should be the guy that handles NXT, right? Anyways, speaking of reactions, I wonder what kind of reaction Nick Patrick got when he came out. That was uh, not broadcast on the air, but it would have been kind of funny. Tony joins the announce position and he's 100% behind Eric, but doesn't advise that he goes to hotel room to confront the NWO directly because Lord knows how that has turned out before. Awesome match though. Um, It got a huge crowd reaction pretty much the whole way through and it doesn't bury Jericho's build the way that it ended. After this, we get an NWO t-shirt promo. Buy the shirt! I should really sound clip that instead of trying to imitate Nash's voice because it's really bad. Anyways, back from break. At the announcer's position, the guys talk about Liz packing her bags and leaving the arena. Lex Luger defeats M. Wall Street after that in 7 minutes, 23 seconds. I gave that one 3 out of 5. No longer is Mike Rotunda VM Wall Street. Now he's just M. Wall Street. And again... We are at war, and there have started to be little lawsuits popping up here and there. I can't imagine that this was done voluntarily, since we all know what a fucking passive-aggressive douche Eric Bischoff can be. So I imagine that at some point, somebody raised uh, the point that maybe we shouldn't be taking cheap shots like that if we're going to take larger shots at WWE. WWE. Jesus. Today claims the NWO seems well-connected and know when WCW wrestlers are going to Japan because apparently promos don't exist anymore. Uh, which, again, if you watch or listen to Mike Taney for any length of time, even today, you'll realize how accurate it is. Um, For a guy that's in the know, he certainly has absolutely no fucking idea what's going on from the production standpoint. Anyways, Wall Street is now wearing shorts under his singlet but still can't fucking stop tugging his goddamn tights the whole match. It, it literally looks like he's readjusting his dick every five seconds. It's super fucking distracting. Anyways, Tony tells us a few weeks ago the NWO interfered in a Luger-Regal TV title match on Saturday night. And Luger, <clears throat> well, he cost Luger the strap. Anyways, long story short, apparently Regal is on tour with the TV championship. So that means the TV title is not being defended on TV. No, 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 no. That doesn't get a ta What does it get? Come on. Come on, producer boy. What does it get? You are a big (laughs) mark. All right. Anyways. Now, listen. Say what you will about that fucking walrus Paul Heyman. He's the only promoter I've ever seen or heard of that has had his TV champion on every fucking TV show, even when he was injured. My fuck, I miss RVD. Anyways. Heading into the commercial break, we get a Heart and Faces of Fear promo. Um, Heart cuts the promo, and then once the Faces of Fear start talking their mumbo-jumbo nonsense, the (laughs) the heart stops. like Right in the middle, just... Like somebody pulled out the plug. We don't need to hear the foreigners talking. Back from break, Tony... What? Well, the 90s were a different time. Oh, come on. I just... We're coming for you, nigga! See? The 90s really were a different time. Anyways... Back from break, Tony recaps how strong WCW was... How wrong, excuse me, WCW was about Sting. And to make amends, they've painted the WCW number 29 car like Sting. Now, for those of you paying attention at home, last week, the NWO debuted their NASCAR. Does anyone remember the number of the car? Anyone? Bueller? Exactly. 29. Anyways, it was... All, <laughs> it was they all admit that they were wrong... But no, one's has, no one has yet to apologize for being wrong. They've all just admitted that they were wrong. And by the way, admitting you're wrong is not the same as apologizing for fucking up. All right? Anyways. The Faces of Fear, Ming and Barbarian, with Jimmy Hart in their corner, defeat the Rock and Roll Express, obviously Ricky Martin and Robert Gibson, in 8 minutes, 25 seconds. I gave that one a 4 out of 5. Tanae subtly buries the Rock and Roll as, the <laughs> as they uh, come out to the ring. Um, apparently they were a big team in the seventies and eighties and they're trying to take that into the nineties. We're in the tail end of the nineties. So it wasn't even really a subtle burial. It was just a full on fucking burial. And to be fair, today really loves the luchador slash hardcore stuff. He's not really known for being a very big fan of old school <laughs> wrestling, even though he's tried to be over the years. Um, so, I, again, I don't feel like it was a subtle burial. I just feel like it was more of a Freudian slip. Anyways, uh, the old school fan of me wants to see the rock and roll get over, but basically since coming to the WCW, they've been used effectively as jobbers. At least in this match, though, everyone performed really, really well, including the fucking referee. Now... Despite, during this match, Ricky being the legal man, the ref counted pins from he and Gibson during an entertaining little bit where each of them tried to pin Meng over and over. (laughs) So we get a commercial break pretty much on the heels of that. Uh, Back from break, Barbarian and the ref had an entertaining exchange here with the Barbarian trying to hold the ropes to keep from being taken over. And the ref kicked out his hands so then Barbarian grabs a hold of the ref. (laughs) And then the ref did some martial arts hoya karana bullshit and got out of that too. So um, the refs unlike Nick Patrick, that is can defend themselves. It would seem post-match. There's a beat down with public enemy coming out to interrupt and then they get a beat down too. So I guess the public enemy do know they're going to get the job at, uh, Halloween havoc. So <clears throat> in need of having an excuse for not looking weak, which would probably have been a Sullivan special. Um, cause I can't imagine Eric would give a shit. Uh, they come out and public enemy specifically grunge gets his leg worked over. Um, going into another break Heenan screams that they're going to break his leg back from break there's another NWO promo the Nasty Boys are hogging all of the food a balding Kyle Petty is sporting a fantastic ponytail DiBiase is ordering a case of Dom and more random trolling which I mean it does kind of suit the brand at this point I would just like to see a little bit more make a point I guess is what I'm trying to get at like I get it. This one's to put over Kyle Petty as the NWO race car driver, and that's fine. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But it's just kind of weird and self-serving again. After this, Chris Benoit with Deborah and Steve Mongo McMichael defeat Rick Steiner in 4 minutes, 25 seconds. I gave that one 3 out of 5. In order to cool things off between Benoit and Sullivan, which apparently is not just a shoot anymore on the camera, it has now become a full-on shoot behind the scenes... He's either coming down to the ring solo, or he's coming down with Mongo and Deborah, with Mo- with Woman being relegated to um, walking down with Arn, or walking down with Rick, or even walking down with Mongo. But no more is she going to be walking down with Benoit, so says her husband. Anyways, Heenan's introduction here of Rick Steiner for this match was fucking gold. Patrick cuts a promo to the live cam just before the match starts, and that promptly gets buried by Tony Schiavone. We get a commercial break here again, but at least the wrestling had started when we went to commercial break, so at least the live audience wasn't going to get cold as a result. There's an interesting finish here that works for the horseman with Mongo waffling Rick Steiner on the top. I guess Rick was on the second turnbuckle with Benoit kind of being on the top, which ended in sort of a flop onto Ricky, who then ate the pin. To wrap up the show, we go back to the hotel room for the final NWO promo, this time with Liz sitting between the Giant and Hogan being recruited into the NWO. Savage arrives as uh, Liz is leaving the hotel room full of wrestlers. Yeah, okay, so he kind of has every right to lose his shit here. If your girl's leaving a hotel room full of wrestlers, and I mean, I guess unless you're into the lifestyle, you can assume that it's pretty much over. Or as Savage puts it, are you shooting me or are you ribbon?" Over and over and over. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Savage would break kayfabe a lot more harshly than this later, but this was a pretty big break in kayfabe for Savage at the time. Overall, though, this this week's episode 92 was a solid wrestling show. The NWO segments were kind of a clusterfuck. There's really no point to them other than gloating, um, and that can be done without a five-minute dick-tugging session. Hopefully, the production on these gets tightened up in the near future to the point where it's not like getting caught finger-blasting your cousin i'm not talking from experience don't look at me like that they get there but for now it's the inmates running the asylum for those promos and um, no clear direction really exists yet still they're doing a good job of building to halloween havoc even if it's mostly being done with the announcers with no vignettes or promos in this episode other than that slim Jim contest overall nitro gets a 3.5 out of 5 decent offering in the grand scheme of things Um, Like I said, hopefully they tighten up those NWO promos because um, they're becoming fucking awful. Well, that was an abortion of a show. Should the mood take you, check out markoutradio.com and leave a comment. You can also find links there to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Stitcher channels. You can even leave a voicemail on our Skype. Just click the links and share them.